Hey friends, welcome to the rest of the sermon. I'm happy that you've joined us this week. We are going to talk about uh, a word that has become somewhat of a buzzword lately. Uh, I think it is a sign of the times that we live in. Uh, and it's not a word, it's a, it's a phrase, if you will, two words. And that is pandemic fatigue. You may be asking yourself, what does pandemic fatigue mean? Uh, and, and if you are, I'm glad that you asked because we're going we're gonna to dive into that a little bit and then talk about what do, we, what do we do? What do we do as a result of pandemic fatigue? And how does that relate back to what it is we've been talking about in church? Uh, ultimately, uh, you know, it, it, it all relates back to what we've been talking about in church. So if you um, would like to see the message from this past week, if you haven't seen that yet, you can find a link to that in the show notes. Uh, some of you may be happy to hear that we went back to Philippians this week and are, are rounding out chapter 2, uh, finishing up chapter 2. And in this uh, passage in particular, we see uh, a little bit about what Paul has to say about community. And spoiler alert, community, I think, is what is so important. So we've had an episode or, or two about this idea of community, and this is going to build on some of the themes we've talked about before. But before we get there, let's talk about this uh, pandemic fatigue. So I've been reading um, a lot of articles lately uh, related to uh, pastors and their mental health. Uh, you may be thinking to yourself, Evan, that sounds like that's really up your alley, and you would be correct. As a pastor and as a mental health professional, uh, those articles have been um, been something that I've been very interested in, uh, as well as comparing it to my own journey, comparing the journey of others as I read interviews and, and other things to the, the journey that I have had through this this pandemic, through this time together. You know as well that I spend time with uh, a group of pastors every other week, and we've kind of done the same thing, kind of taken an opportunity to take inventory of how each of us has na- have navigated this, this difficult time. And so in these articles, what, what I'm finding, what I'm hearing and seeing and reading over and over and over is this idea of the, the dangers of pandemic fatigue. What that really boils down to is the fatigue of uh, stress that is perpetuated over a long period of time. So let me give you a- an example. Uh, last week we talked a little bit about uh, 9/11 and the attacks of 9/11 and how for for many of us that was a very obviously a stressful thing it was a very traumatic thing that played out on on live television right in front of us and it was something that unified our nation together we were able to rally around uh, patriotism if you will what's interesting now is that you have this pandemic that has been this trauma that has played out in front of us in real time but instead of it being over in 30 minutes or an hour or a few hours or a day, we're talking six, seven months of constant reminders of a pandemic. We're talking six, seven months of people arguing about what the appropriate response is to a pandemic. We're talking six, seven months of people politicizing and, and disagreeing just for the sake of disagreeing fighting over uh, individual rights versus uh, the rights of the, the group. I, there's all kinds of, of spin that has been put on this pandemic. And what's the effect of all of that? I can tell you the effect for pastors, uh, for many of us, is a sense of hopelessness. A sense of what good is anything that we are doing? What's the value if we're preaching unity and peace and love and trying to come together and all we see is division, 
then it's easy to see how one could feel ineffective. And my hunch is, my assumption is that pastors are not the only group that, that is feeling that. Pastors are not the only group that feel like, man, what is it we're supposed to be doing? We're doing everything we can, but we don't seem to be able to please anyone. There's another group that, that comes to mind right now, and that would be teachers. Teachers who have completely uprooted their lives, completely turned everything around to try to do school in a way that has uh, been deemed safe and in and, and the best interest of children. Obviously, that is what they are focused on, yet they can't please everybody and probably most of the time feel like they can't please anyone. And most of these teachers are then also thrusted into being parents of students uh, and trying to figure out how to do that as well. And if you're really unlucky, you're a teacher who's married to a pastor. If that's you, then you need to contact my wife because that's her as well. And so with this idea of pandemic fatigue, what do, what do we do? Paul suggests, Paul, the Apostle Paul, you know, the guy in jail right now in Rome, not right now, but as he's writing this letter to the church at Philippi, he suggests to this church at Philippi, hey, you all need one another. You need one another. Not only do you need one another, you need community from outside of just you. And since I can't come, I'm going to send two of my buddies to come chat with you guys, to come talk with you, to come listen to you, to come hear your stories and hear your concerns, to validate you, to value you, and to deliver a message from me, and also to give you a chance to deliver a message back. And so he's going to send these two, two guys that he's friends with, one of which we know, we know pretty well because Paul's talked about them before and he actually wrote them some letters that are in the New Testament, the canonical Bible, and that's Timothy. We know a little bit about Timothy. But he also sends this guy named uh, Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus is a little interesting because you see Epaphroditus had been ill. Ill enough that people, churches, were concerned about him. They were worried about him. Dare I say they were praying for him. And Epaphroditus has said to, to Paul, Listen, I want to go see this church in Philippi because I want them to know they don't need to be worried about me. And I want to do for them what they did for me. In other words, I want to go see them so that I can hear them, I can value them, I can validate them, and I can get their message and I can bring it back to you. Friends, I would suggest right now, today, we, we need to be more like Epaphroditus. We need to be less focused on ourselves and more focused on the other. What does that mean? What does that look like? I'm glad you asked. I don't think it's just me. Maybe, maybe it is, but, but have you ever found yourself uh, replying to someone who says, Hey, how are you doing? Have you ever found yourself replying fine or good or okay when that couldn't be further from the truth? Have you ever found yourself replying, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, knowing that there was more to the story? And if you were the one that asked the question, have you ever found yourself moving right along, not questioning any further? Because let's be honest, you were just exchanging pleasantries to begin with. I want to encourage you. I think now is a time. It's always been the time, but now even more so than before. Now is the time. Now is the time to listen to one another. 
Now is the time to create space that when you ask that question, it's apparent that you are expecting an honest answer and a conversation. That it's not about pleasantries anymore, it's about people. So when I ask the question, how are you doing? I honestly want to know how you're doing. And if you're doing fine, I want to know how you're doing fine because I need some of that in my life. And if you're not doing fine, then I want to know how you're not doing fine. And I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that there's others that aren't fine too. And that that's okay. I want you to know that if you're one of those people that are fine or that are doing great, hey, we need, we need a little bit of that joy in the world. So you need to get on a mountaintop and start sharing that with people. What would it look like? What would it look like if we became a people like Epaphroditus? What would it look like if we became a people that was determined to value one another, to listen to one another, to hear one another, to uplift one another, to encourage one another? This is definitely a challenging time, challenging time for pastors. We, as a church, have been Uh, virtual throughout all of this. We haven't had in-person services, but uh, that I I I fear is is growing. Uh, Folks are growing weary with that. And so we're we're planning a service for the last Sunday this month uh, that's going to be outdoors. And if you are a member of the church, you're hearing this probably for the first time. You're uh, in on the big scoop. I haven't announced it yet. There's a couple reasons I haven't, but we're we're working on that. Uh, We're going to be hosting that service. And then We've talked, the deacons and I from the church have met, and we've talked about our plan about how to come back in person. And I know that's something that people will be excited about, but I've got a theory. I think many of us are excited about that from the prospect of it means we're finally getting back to normal. And I would want to challenge that. I would want to say, you know, this pandemic has taught me a thing or two, and one thing that it's taught me is that normal wasn't good. I look back and there are a lot of things that we've been forced to do differently. There's a lot of things that we uh, are doing differently, ways that we have changed. And there's, there's things, there's benefits that have come from this. One being, <laughs> one, one significant one being, I, I started a podcast. I wasn't doing this pre-pandemic. I'd thought about it. I'd talked about it, but I certainly hadn't pulled the trigger and just started doing it. And here we are, episode 20 of, of this podcast. Something else is different for our little church in Midway, Kentucky, is we've got people from across the country that are listening each week. And some that are even emailing me, communicating with me, people that I would have never been in contact with before. Some of them are family members of church members here. Other people are, are listening that I know are, are people that, that know me through different phases of life. Uh, and I believe we've even got one or two that just happened upon us on Facebook. I don't know how, but here we are. Yet they tune in every week. I certainly don't think that's because I'm some kind of fantastic, uh, uh, spectacular preacher as much as maybe it's just that there's something that they resonate with. Maybe it's that we really are a community that tries to do just that, be a community. People want to be a part of a community. People want to be a part of something where they feel like people listen and they value them and they're heard. And all too often, I think we go through life Assuming that we hear someone, assuming that they know we value them, assuming 
that we know that they know that we think they're important. And I'm saying today, we need to be intentional about saying those things. If we're going to be like Epaphroditus, we need to be more concerned about the other and less concerned about ourselves. So I'm going to commit to you. When someone asks me, how are you doing? I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to hope that they have time for a conversation. And that them asking me how you doing wasn't just a platitude. We'll see how it works. I encourage you to do the same. I encourage you to make space for people. I encourage you to lean into what makes church so significant. And that is community. Throughout this pandemic, I've, you know, I've said multiple times, it hasn't affected me that much. I am an introvert at heart, uh, an introvert by nature. If you put me in a room of 30 people, I will find a corner and I will observe. You put my wife in that same room uh, and you give each of us 30 minutes. In 30 minutes, she will have spoken to everybody and can tell you what's going on. I will have sat in a corner and observed and can probably tell you the exact same thing, having never said a word to anyone. It's just the way that we're wired. We're different. It's one of the reasons we work so well together. At the same time, even for me, (laughs) this six months of of isolation, seven months, however long it's been, it's beginning to get weary. I've said that before on this podcast. I miss people. And one thing that's telling is if I'm missing people, I can't imagine what this has been like for people who are people people. (laughs) Is that even a thing? People people? that are extroverts. It starts to drive home maybe the meaning of pandemic fatigue. And what do we do when we experience fatigue? There's two things we should do. One is rest, obviously. And the other is to figure out how do we recharge? How do we fill up ourselves again? How do we refuel the tank? And I'm suggesting the most important way we can do that is through community through supporting one another, encouraging one another, listening to one another. So today, if you hear nothing else, I hope you hear me stressing the importance of being there for one another. When I say check on your neighbors, check on your church neighbors, it's not just uh, a catchy phrase I've decided to start using. It's me honestly saying, hey, do this. Because you never know who needs to hear your voice today. You never know who needs to see your smile. You never know who needs to bend your ear. I know for me, if I'm honest, people have fallen through the cracks. There's people that I used to see every week that I haven't spoken to in months. And I feel bad about that. I feel guilty about that. But it's what's happened. And I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure I'm not alone. And if I am, I hope I am. But if I am, so be it. But my hunch is there's people you used to see every week that you haven't seen in a while. People you used to exchange greetings with or a handshake or a hug or a smile that you haven't seen or spoken to in a while. And maybe that's the message Paul is sending us today. Remember this church at Philippi. It was a church that was doing things right. And yet Paul knew even then they need community. Not only community between themselves, but community from the outside, from me, me being Paul. They need to hear from me. They need to hear from from people that are on the journey. 
They need to hear from people who are struggling in the same way that they are. Let's be that for one another. Let's be community. Be more like Epaphroditus. Be more like Timothy. Be more like Paul. Let's let go of the platitudes and be genuine. Let's make space for conversation to happen. Let's create room for vulnerability. Let's create room for God. Friends, thank you for joining me this week. Thank you for joining me for the rest of the sermon. As always, if you have feedback or comments that you would like to share, you can send those to the rest of the sermon at gmail.com. Until next time, through the pandemic fatigue, let's find some space to be genuine. Let's find space to be authentic, to be true to who we are, to be community for one another. Remember, God loves you, so do I. Till next time. God bless.